2012 on radio.org.au In Him with Robert Falzon Robert Falzon is a husband, father, businessman, co-founder of Men Alive and author. Men Alive is a national Catholic ministry to bring men together, renew their faith in God and to encourage them to become an active force for renewal in the church. It's, um, it's a big topic, and in its own right, it's a, small, it's a small title, but a huge, it's a huge topic in him. A great, a great um, challenging and provoking topic for a, for a gathering of uh, Catholics. And I, I think I've spent at least 40 years of my life trying to live and be in him in Christ and in that 40 years I've had some spectacular failures some miserable efforts and moments of absolute glory in him I've um, attempted to live uh, in in the last 10 years the line out of the gospel of today's readings Matthew chapter 10 verse 17 and following. In fact, the Gospel reading yesterday of the Church's readings finishes with the same line that the Gospel reading today starts with. So we repeat this particular line from Matthew chapter chapter 10, verse 7. It says, He who has... It says, He has called and commissioned and sent to proclaim that the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is at hand. So let's start afresh today. Let us start afresh with the with the, the the pivotal point in history and in creation and in the universe, and that is with Jesus. Let's start there today. Let's start anew. How many of us have had some spectacular failures in their journey with trying to be in Him? Wow. We've got some holy people here. How many of you have seen, seen God work miraculously and magnificently in your life and change things and make things happen that you think, OMG? Yeah. Okay. We're working in the right direction. What is the key message and subject of the epic story we live in? Thank you. Which one shall I use? Oh, it's already here. It's already here. The blind shall see, and the lame shall walk. Excuse me. Okay. What is the epic? What is the key message and subject of the epic story we live in? What is the point, premise, and proposition of our lives? What is the proposal and promise of our belief? What is the theme, topic, and thesis of the Christian message? This is something you can't fail. All of these questions have the same answer. And it is very important. And we know the answers to these questions. In confidence, I tell you, the theme and message of our journey is life. Life. In the first letter of St. John, first chapter, 
first verse. Check it as you, when you go home today. John says, Life. This is our theme. And then in the 10th chapter, 10th verse of the Gospel of John, he says, The thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. But I've come that you may have Let's have that loud this time. I've come that you may have life. life. And life to the full. Our theme is life. In John chapter 3, verse 16, people were saying to, to, the, to, the, to the community of John, just can you give me a summary? Give me two lines about what this is all about. How, you know, anybody here like would like the Holy Spirit to one day summarise the whole thing for you in two lines. Yeah, me too. And then and John does this. He says, okay, okay, okay. For this is how God loves the world. He gave his only son so that whoever believes in him will have life. Whoever believes in him will have life. You may not perish. In the first chapter of John, verse 4, he says it as simply as this. In him was life and the life for mankind. Verse 4, chapter 1, in him was life and the life of mankind. Yes, definitely eternal life. He's certainly talking about eternal life. But he's also talking about life before death. Most of the world is not interested in our proclamation of the eternal life. Most of the world wants us to tell them something about, is there life before death? Tell me how to live now. I know you Christians want to talk about eternity, but can you tell me something about the way life should be now? And we say it almost every time we go to Mass. Life where? On earth as it is in heaven. And when? Now and then at the hour of our death. Amen. Where? On earth as it is in heaven. When? Now and then at the hour of our death. Amen. Our theme is life in him. Let's listen to one of the um, great secular evangelists, Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola spent millions of dollars each year, spends millions of dollars each year, researching its demographic and then coming up with its antiphons. Its antiphons for, for, for its product, but also tapping into the heart of the people that it's um, ministering to. And a couple of years ago, one of the, one of the great antiphons from Coca-Cola is Coke, the real thing. Anybody remember that? Nod your head if you're still awake. Yeah? Okay. Just in recent times, Coca-Cola has come up with a new antiphon, having done millions of dollars of research. And we Christians should listen to this marketing because it's our theme. Coke is life. Have you heard them say that? Coke is life. 
How can our soft drink be life? We have the good news. We have the message of life. Life is here. Life is here. Life is here. Life is here. We have the message. I want more life, don't you? I want to be more alive, more in life, exploding with life and, and exuding life. Any of you want more life? Anybody here want, could be more alive than you, what you already are? Yeah, there's three of you. <laughs> All right, we'll fix that. So this is how God loves the world. He gave his only son, whoever believes in him will have life in him. We will have life. In who is in him? Jesus. It's not a complex question. In Jesus. In Jesus we have life. In him, in Christ, in Jesus. A fully human person. And fully God. And fully alive. The term in him appears 140 times in the New Testament. 140 times. And, and some of the scripture scholars say that it's the Pauline antiphon. Paul in competition with Coca-Cola. It's the Pauline antiphon in Christ, in him. Paul is so captured by the prospect of living in Christ. He can't contain himself sometimes. Read Ephesians 5, chapter 1. He has this, he has this Pauline breakout and he explodes with the in Christ and he goes off his head proclaiming the magnificence, wonder, beauty, glory, majesty and profundity of the Christ. That should be us. Being a Christian is not necessarily a result of an ethical choice or some lofty ideals, but the encounter with an event, a person which gives life a new horizon and a decisive decision. And I'm paraphrasing one of the popes. This event is the Incarnation. The Incarnation is why we are Christians. When God became man. And this man, this person, as you know, is Jesus. Jesus, who becomes the Christ of God. As in Acts chapter 2, when Peter is preaching, he says, this Jesus, this Jesus you crucified, in fact, one of the translations says, this Jesus you murdered has now become the Christ of God. Yeshua Mashiach. Jesus the Christ. This life, his life, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, this message of Jesus, this proclamation of God's love, this face of God visible in the world, an authentic encounter with this person of Jesus is the only way to have a meaningful, effective and full life. Full stop. It's no more complicated than that. This Jesus is the only way to have a real, meaningful and effective full life. That's our message. On earth and then in heaven. Now and tomorrow and then at the hour of our death. Amen. Let me quote Pope Benedict just in case you think I'm preaching the Gospel of Robert. 
The most precious thing we can bring to the church and to the world is the enthusiastic proclamation of the good news of Jesus. Wow! This is our profound reason to live our lives to the full. And if I could add a little bit of German accent to that, it, it would bring, bring it more clear. Pope Benedict on World Mission Day, October 2011. We are not merely asked to embrace a set of teachings and principles, nor are we required to follow a program or a course, but we are called to embrace and accept to be in him, the person of Jesus. This is the heart of Christianity, not just ideas or laws, but the person of Jesus. Listen to what we say in the creed. I believe in him, one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, the crescendo is going, begotten not made, consubstantial with the Father, through him all things were made for us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary and became man. It says in little print, and that point we should bow. We should get on our knees and worship at that point. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. For our sake, he suffered death and was buried in accordance with the scriptures. For our sake, he rose again on the third day. For our sake, he ascended into heaven and he's seated at the right hand of the Father. For our sake, he will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead. His kingdom will have no end. Wow. What can we say? Thank you. Praise you. Bless you. I want to follow you. I want to be in you. We have the answer to all the world's problems in him. Okay, how many articles are there in the, in the Catholic Catechism? 2,865. So, one would think with so many articles that the first article would contain something profound and, um, and specific to our life. And in fact it does. It says something fundamental for us. Very first article of the Catechism of the Catholic Church. The second word is our theme. The life of man is to know and love God. If any of you are confused about what all of this is about, the answer is in the first line of the Catechism, which is actually a quote from Scripture. The life of man is to know and love God. And then, to accomplish this, he sent his Son so that in him and through him we may know and love God. So it's, it gives us two things. It says, firstly, it says, this is, the, this is the objective of the journey, to know and love God. There you go, go and do it. Oh yes, I know, it's difficult, isn't it? So, to know and love God, yeah, yeah. So to know and love God, to know and love God, we have Jesus who will show us how to do this job. The aim of the, the, aim of the catechism 
is to put us in touch with the person of Jesus. And all catechesis has at, at its primary point the pointing like the Baptist did. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Points to Jesus, who is a person, who has a personality, is knowable and relatable, like us in all things, like us in all things, like us in all things, but sin. God is not something, but someone. Begotten, but not made. God has made me and you his project. And to him it's very personal. He has come himself, no longer sending messages, no longer sending prophets, no longer sending kings, no longer sending peoples, but he has come in the middle of time, himself personally, to get the job done. The job of rescuing and ransoming you. And men. And all of creation. And all of mankind. For all people, for all time, everywhere. It is finished. It is accomplished. He has come. He has risen. And we are his people. It is in him, in this Jesus, that we live and move, exist and have our being. Acts 17. Jesus is the ultimate God show and tell. Let me put it in theological terms. Revelation and word. Show and tell, revelation and word. It is only through Jesus that I can believe in God. This is the power of the Christian message. That God is accessible. The veil has been torn. The chasm has been joined. Divinity and humanity are now joined in Christ. All that I may become can be found and understood in him, says Paul in 1 Philippians 3. What I am, he became, so that what he is, I could become. Quote. In fact, I become a totally new creation in him. All the big questions of life. Who am I? What am I made for? What am I called to do? What am I called to become? Am I to be married? Am I to join the priesthood? Am I to join the consecrated life? Who am I to be married to? Which order should I join? What will happen to my children? What will happen to my church? All these answers, all these questions I mean, are all the, all the answers can be found in him. Let me quote the Pope again. Homily on Midnight Mass in 2009, Pope Benedict. When we see him, this God who became a child, our hearts are opened. God comes to us as a man so that we might truly become human. Let us listen again to origin. Indeed, what, what use would it be to you that Christ once came in the flesh if he did not enter your soul? What use would it be that Christ who became flesh would not then just enter into your soul. Let us pray that he may come into us each day, that we may be able to say, I live, yet it is no longer I that live, but that Christ that lives in me. Galatians 2.20
Life is not an impossible puzzle or a tortuous tease or a trick. But everything that you were made to be, to become and to do can be found. Can be found. Why is the scriptures so full of things hidden, buried, lost and then found? Because part of our job is the looking and the finding. The looking and the finding. How many of you are searching, looking? Searching and looking. Many of us searching and looking for something. It can be found. It's not a trick. It's not like a carrot in front of a donkey. You can find what you're looking for. How am I going? I'm doing all right. Normally I go way over time. Jesus is saying something to us in all of this that's really important. Jesus is saying, my grace is enough for you. My grace is enough for you. And what is he saying by saying my grace is enough for you? He's saying, I'm enough for you. Jesus is enough for you. God is always bigger than you imagined, expected or hoped for. Even when you are weak, when you are sinful, when you are broken, hurting, in pain, lonely, confused, with all of your attractions, addictions, neuroses, pathologies and genealogies, Jesus is enough for you. If you remember nothing from this talk, this next line is what you should remember. Let Christ be enough for you. There are so many attractions and voices demanding pieces of you, isn't there? Nod your head if you agree. Yep. Let Jesus be enough for you. He's substantial. And he's all we need. In him, God is faithful to his word and his name. The prophet Isaiah, I forget which chapter, says this. The virgin is with child, and he, she shall give birth to a son, and he shall be called Emmanuel. God is with us. God is with us. The world looks at us Christians and us Catholics, and the world has a question for us, and a justifiable question, I might add. Where is your God? Where is this God? He is not here. And if he exists, he's invisible, far away, not involved, not interested in us. God has deserted us and you. He is mean, tough, harsh, cold, angry and absent. And if this is your God, I don't want to follow him. This is the cry of the secularists. And the fruit of this cry is atheism. There are also many, many unbelieving believers going through the motions wondering what is this all about? We need to be, bring Christ back to the Christians. The new evangelization. We have to shout a compelling, convincing, cogent, No! This is not true. God loves me like I can never be loved by anybody else. God is for me. He is on my side. He is for us. He has rescued us and ransomed us. He has paid the price for our life and with his life. 
He's shown us eternity. He has revealed the Father. He's given my life meaning and purpose. God is for me. God is with me. God is in me. This is the promise of the name of Jesus. I know he is real because I know him personally. I know he is real because his voice is within me. What is the promise of being in him? And God always, always has the hope. Hope is the promise of things to come. There is always a promise. So here it is. In the theme of scene 2012, the promise of in him is this. Anybody know John chapter 15? Anybody know what that's about? Come on. Thank you. The vine and the branches. Thank you. Vine and the branches. The vine and the branches. In the vine and the branches, I paraphrase it here. He says, Cut off from him you can do no thing and will become no thing. Becoming a no thing. Anybody want to become a no thing? I want to become something. Not anything, but definitely not a no thing. I am the vine, you are the branches. And in my um, translation of the scriptures, the New Jerusalem, it says, Remain in me. Remain in me. In different translations it says, Abide in me or stay in me. Remain in me. Jesus asks us to remain in him. Any remainers here? We need to start a new, a new, uh, a new, uh, a, a, a new revolution called the remainers. Sounds like a 60s band, doesn't it? The carpenters, the seekers, and then the remainers. And, and, and the, the concept of being a remainer is very, very important to be in him. How many of you have been in him and then out of him? Put your hand up. Everybody? Good. And we go back in him. In him and out of him. In him and out of him. Now, 40 years of that, you get a bit tired, don't you? And what Jesus keeps saying to me is, Robert, remain. Remain. Stay. Come back. The scriptures are full of it. Come back to me with all your hearts. Remain. Remain. Stay. Abide. Stay connected. Yes, you've fallen, but that's okay. Come back. Come back. Come back. Remain in me. Remain in me. So to be in him, one of the qualities, this is the catechesis part, one of the qualities is to be a remainer. Let's get some t-shirts made. Remainers. John chapter 15. Okay, that's a 55-year-old guy being stupid, isn't it? But uh, I, think, I think the point's important. Jesus knows that we will fall away. In John chapter 15, this term about remaining, abiding or staying is used. It's used somewhere else in the New Testament. Does anybody know where? It's used in the Garden of Eden. When Jesus goes off to pray by himself and he leaves, he leaves uh, some of his apostles sitting under the tree, he says, just pray for a while. And when he comes back, they're all snoring. They're tired. Some of you have got tired in your spiritual journey, fallen asleep. You still love Jesus, but you've fallen asleep. And then there's many in our parishes and in this country that have fallen asleep. Jesus comes back and he says, could you not 
remain with me but for one hour? Jesus wants us to be remainers. Stay, abide in him. And the promise attached to that is this. It's astonishing. I'd like to build more tension with music and drama here. But here it is. The promise of remaining in him. If you remain in me, I will remain in you. God in me, my hope of glory. This is it. In him, if I stay in him, he is in me. To remain in him. The promise is, if I remain in him, he will be in me. Astonishing, incredible, amazing, outstanding, outrageous even, that God is in me. If we remain in him, there are four fruits. The first one, the four, uh, four, four uh, fruits, let's call them fruits. The first one is that we'll be courageous and generative. Read John chapter 15. That you'll be able to love and really love. We cannot love unless we're in him and he is in us. Love Jesus more and love his people more. We will have joy. The Spirit will be alive in you. What is, the, what is the name for the Holy Spirit? One of the names for the Holy Spirit. Let me just tell you what it is. The Lord and giver of life. Interesting, isn't it? That we would, the third person of the Holy Trinity would be given the name of the Lord and giver of life because our theme is life and we need more life and we need to remain in him so that he remains in us and the promise and the promise and the evidence of us remaining in him is that the power and presence of the Holy Spirit is in us so that we might have life for the world little break out there <laughs> and you can ask here's the third one you can ask anything of him in his name, in his name, in his name, and he'll give it to you. You'll have faith, that means. You'll experience being chosen, commissioned, called, and sent. I want more of this luxuriant, extravagant, over-the-top, brilliant life. Let Christ be enough for you. So how do we become remainers? Me and him, he and me, contemplate him, Contemplate his face, his birth, his baptism, his life, his transfiguration, his passion, his death, his resurrection, his ascension. Let his passion become your passion and his story become your story. Isn't it interesting that the season and flow of the liturgical life of the church captures all of the life message of Jesus with two big peaks, Easter and Christmas. The celebration of Jesus calling us to be in him. Just look at him. Love him. Devour him. Eat him. Drink him. Proclaim him. It is he. And in the Greek, the apostles running around, Anastasis! 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 He is risen! He is risen! Death does not win. Yeshua Mashiach, Jesus Christ, love wins. 
It is Jesus who has become the Christ of God. God wins. Life wins. Death is not the end. We're on the winning team. This is our message. Encounter the living God. Let Christ be enough for you. Though you do not see him, you believe him. You're the contemporary mystics. Though you do not see him, you believe him. 1 Peter 1.8 The Jesus event continues in me being in him. What is the evidence of this? What is the proof that the Holy Spirit is in me? So the apostles in Acts 2, after Peter preaches his brains out and 5,000 people bend their knee to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, Peter, they come to Peter and say, Peter, 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 what then must we do? That's fine, Robert. Challenging us to be in him, he in, he, be in him, he in me, to be remainers and to let Jesus be enough for you. But how? How do we do this? And I'm preaching to the converted here. How to get in him and stay in him and keep him in me? Not that Jesus will ever run away from us or leave us or forsake us, but intimacy with him in me. How do I stay open and vulnerable to the presence of the Christ? You know what the word in intimacy, if you use an etymological way to define intimacy, in, to, me, see. Let Jesus see me. Don't hide from him. Fig leaves will not do the job, let me tell you. Don't hide from him. There's nothing you could do that's bad enough that you should run away from him and hide. Into me see, be intimate with Christ. Here are uh, four things to do. Some of them are non-negotiable. So in question time, if you ask me, uh, Robert, but I'm going to say, bong bong. Well, non-negotiable. The first one. This is critical for you to be in Him. You must pray. Simple as that. You must pray and you must pray every day. You must have a personal, private prayer time, including the scriptures, every single day. Non-negotiable to be in him. If you, you want to be a wild warrior for Christ, to be the new John the Baptist of this age, or to be the St. Paul of this century, you have to pray every day. Be still silent in solitude so that the sacred in your soul can be seen and heard. Listen to him. The father audibly spoke twice in the scriptures from heaven, didn't he? And we have written record of it. That's why I can actually say this. The first time was at Jesus' baptism, wasn't it? You're looking at me like I'm a heretic. <laughs> or you're asleep. At the baptism of Jesus, the Father audibly spoke from heaven and there were witnesses to that because it was written down and the Father said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. I love him and I like him. And then, the second time was where? Transfiguration. transfiguration. Thank you, somebody's listening. And um, uh, at the transfiguration, Jesus, the, the Father said one more new thing. He said, This is my beloved Son whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Isn't that an oxymoron? 
Like, 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 and I'm not calling anything negative about God. Please don't hear me say that. But I'm just saying to the listeners, it's like, like the word made flesh and we don't listen to him. Listen to him. The voice of God is within you. He speaks to you. Guidance in grace is always available. Guidance in grace is always available. But you have to be in him. Intimate with him. Listen to him. He will speak. Ignorance of Christ, ignorance of the scriptures is ignorance of Christ. You must, you must, you must be in regular experience and contact with the sacraments of the church. Eucharist and reconciliation must be a part of your weekly antiphon to be in him. Listen to the words from John chapter 6. Unless you eat the flesh and drink the blood of the Son of Man, you will have no life in you. John chapter 6, it couldn't be any clearer than that. Unless you eat the flesh and drink the blood of the Son of Man, you will have no life in you. It's pretty straight, isn't it? It's not confusion or needing exegesis. It's there, simple and straight. Go to Mass. Go to reconciliation. Go to adoration. Get in Him. Third one. You must have fellowship with other Remainers or with other members of Christ's family. Share your life to gain life. Who you spend time with will be who you become. The types of people that you live with and share your life with will be the type of person you'll become. You must have fellowship and regular. I would suggest weekly. The third one. If Christ is in you, then he is sending you. You must be involved in some service or mission in the life of the church. Give your life away. Unless you lose your life, you will not gain your life. Here's something really interesting. Jesus wants to give you his job. Yes, he does. You think I'm crazy? At the ascension, in one of the, one of the uh, Gospels, the last words of Jesus to his disciples says, As the Father sent me, so now I'm sending you. And it's the living word, which means it's relevant, applicable, real and living today. So when the scriptures say, As the Father sent me, so now I'm sending Who's the you? Anybody know who the you is when he says that in the scriptures today? It's us. Me. I know he's picked a pretty ordinary lot. And we don't have it all. But we're the best he's got. And if we go, he will go in us and with us. And the Holy Spirit will go too. Be courageous and brave and wild and introduce Jesus to others. The world is waiting for this message, desperate for this message. Be like St. Andrew. St. Andrew has Jesus introduced to him by the great John the Baptist. Andrew runs off crazy. 
finds his brother and he says these incredible words. We have found the Messiah. We've found the answer to everything we've been waiting for. You found the Messiah too. And Sydney is waiting for you. Waiting for you. You in him, him in you, empowered by the Holy Spirit, praying every day, going to Mass and Reconciliation regularly, in fellowship with other believers, and going out there, alive and dangerous, shaking the world. A new intervention of God in Sydney. That's what scene is about. That's what Credo is about. That's what the Holy Catholic Apostolic Church is about. Through him, in him, with him. Say it with me. Through him. Let's do it again. I'll give you the cue. Through him, in him, with him. That is true. I'm going to do a little antiphon now and you're going to say loud and clear after each of these, in him. Okay? Let's have a practice run. In him. One more really loud. All right. Where is our hope? In him. Where is our life? In him. Where is our comfort? In him. Where is our fullness? In him. Where is our forgiveness and mercy? In him. Where is our salvation and redemption? In him. Where is our transformation? In him. Where is our future? In him. Where is our call? In him. Where is our destiny and restoration? In him. Where is our purpose and release? In him. Where is our mission? Where is the hope of our church and the world? Be remainers. Let Christ be enough for you. Stay afresh with Christ today in him. Contemplate his beautiful face. Contemplate the face of Christ. And as you go, proclaim the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Thank you. radio.org.au